Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'aghfiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillah falamudillalah. Wa man yudlil falantajidalahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Al-Ahadu al-Qahhar. وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Taala alone We seek his help, his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah Taala guides There is none that can misguide him And he whom Allah Taala leads astray there is none that can guide him except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. رَبِّ شْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَأَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 6 in our reading of a tafsir unlocked. And something important before we start is that the Slido number for this week is 401-8722. 401-8722. For those of the brothers who are shy to write their messages, I need to ask questions, they can write it on there, and that's predominantly for the sisters. Today's lesson, my brothers and sisters, is regarding the verse, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. And we begin today with the quote of Imam Al-Tabari, rahimahullah, because a lot of people were complaining to me throughout the week that we based everything of Imam Al-Qurtubi. So I thought, let's change it up, and today we base predominantly on what Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah has mentioned and we mention Al-Qurtubi where it is relevant insha'Allah. Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah who died in the year what? 310. 310 Hijri. 300, 310 Hijri. With so much passion. 600! <laughs> Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah who died in the year 310 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says the meaning of alhamdulillah ash-shukru lillah all gratitude and thanks belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and not to all of that which is worshipped other than him and not to all of that which is his creation so over here Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah is saying that this thanks is given to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and no one else, and nothing else. He continues and says, He has bestowed upon his servants from the blessings that which cannot be enumerated. And none other than him is completely aware of the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon his servants. He has perfected the mechanism, the way to worship him, and gave ability for the physical limbs to carry out the worship from the one who is ordered to worship. And this is in addition to that which he has provided for them in their worldly life, in their worldly affairs, Afwan, from their sustenance and has nourished them with this sustenance, granting them blessings in their lives. Without them, being fully deserving of this blessing. He has also blessed them by what he has reminded them of and called them to, to the causes of which allows for eternal being, for eternally being in the everlasting destination, in the everlasting blissful abode. So over here, Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of this praise. Why? It's because he has things which cannot be numbered. No one can sit there 
and try to list all of the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon them. Because if they start, they won't be able to end. Yani, if someone wanted to yani, hypothetically go for it, Alhamdulillah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the ability to breathe. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the ability to see. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the ability to touch and feel. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me the ability to smell. Alhamdulillah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me a liver. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me a kidney. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me a brain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me lungs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed the sun for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed the moon for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us rain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... He goes on continuously without any end. Without any end. And even if one were to try, he would not be able to do it. So the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has bestowed upon us cannot be numbered because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the number of the blessings that he has bestowed upon you. There are things that you don't know that is happening in your body right now that you cannot comprehend. Yani, مثلاً, as food goes down, right? <laughs> Too many boys are hungry it looks like. When food goes down the digestive tract, مثلاً, you don't know of every mechanism that's there. Every acid that's produced to break down the food. And so on and so forth. And this ability, subhanAllah, one of our teachers, we were taking one of the subjects in Al-Madinah, he said in the first lessons that you don't know the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for you until that ni'mah, that blessing is taken away. And he gave the example, Akramakumullah, of being, having the ability to go to the bathroom. And he was going in and telling us that you don't understand how hard it is for some people when they reach an age or a sickness, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes from them this ability to go to the bathroom. Akramakumullah. He kept on going and talking to us, subhanAllah, and I felt like this is a pretty specific example, subhanAllah, right? Anyways, we left the class, and then one of the shabab, one of the brothers from France, he told me, he was saying that, do you know why the sheikh used this example? He had pancreatic cancer, and he probably knows this more than anyone else. Yani this ability of a ni'mah that you take for granted. And he was telling us yani the importance of making sure that you say ghufranak when you leave the bathroom. Yani, oh Allah, your pardon, your forgiveness. Why? It's because you don't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings that He has bestowed upon you. So subhanAllah, the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are too many. And they cannot be measured or numbered. And only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely aware of the blessings that He has given upon His servant. Upon all of creation. And then He mentions subhanAllah that He has given blessings relating and pertaining to the religion and pertaining to the dunya. Yani he has created the sharia and the method of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well as ensuring that their dunya affairs are taken care of. Yani the cone itself, the mechanism of the heavens and the earth, all of that is set. That if you plant something in fertile ground, مثلاً, and you nurture it and yani, through the process of farming or irrigation or whatever you want to go through, it will grow. Right? Something will grow. And this is from the perfection of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. And he has also blessed them with reminding the servants of that which is important in the matters of their deen. He gives them the ability and tells them the cheat code before they go into the dunya. That you have to go and you have to worship and you have to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a certain way. So he has told us of the cause to which you will enter the paradise which is in crux al-aqidah, the true monotheistic way, and al-ibadah, and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you the code and he is telling you where you are going to go if you fulfill this. You are going to go in Al-Jannah eternally. So this is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Then he has told you exactly what you need to come with. Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he ends his initial paragraph and he says, So for our Lord, our Rabb, is all thanks for all that he has provided and praise is to him in the beginning and the end. Imam Tabari rahimahullah says that Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma stated that Jibreel alayhi salam said to Muhammad, Say, O Muhammad, Alhamdulillah. Say, O Muhammad, this is Jibreel, who doesn't do anything from his own whims and desires. It is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Jibreel to tell Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say, Alhamdulillah. Now, Ibn Abbas radiallahu an gives the tafsir of Alhamdulillah. He says, Alhamd is all thanks and gratitude, a shukr. Is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As well as all submission and humility Is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And it is an acknowledgement Of the favours and guidance Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And other than it yani Other than those favours Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah Also mentions That it has been mentioned That when a person says Alhamdulillah Then it is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his perfect names and attributes Over here How do we know Alhamdulillah is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is praising him through his names and his attributes Alhamd Over here Is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So you are giving this characteristic to Allah That he is praiseworthy Yes That praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And you are saying Lillah a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So you're using both a name And from the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To praise him Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah says Also The Arabic language In the Arabic language There is a consensus With the people of knowledge That it is correct to say Alhamdulillah Which means all praise and thanks Belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In a state of thanks you say Alhamdulillah in a state of thanks That praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be done As a form of giving thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So for instance, you get good news You say Alhamdulillah All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Shukran lillah Giving thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So over here, he says that you can praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala By saying all praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this time when you are trying to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For that which is good And that which happens to you Whether you understand it or not Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah He mentions who died in the year 516 MashaAllah rahman Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah Who died in the year 516 He says That alhamdulillah are words that teach us Alhamdulillah are words that teach us As if it is teaching us That the one who is deserving of all praise Glorified and exalted is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It is teaching us that the one who deserves Who is deserving of all praise is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That's what Alhamdulillah is teaching us And in it is a teaching The creation to say Alhamdulillah so over here Imam, Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stating alhamdulillah is words that tell us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is deserving of all praise and for us to say alhamdulillah to say that all praise and thanks belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah continues and says alhamd takes the meaning at times of giving thanks for a blessing So this is sometimes This is some of the meanings Which is giving thanks for a blessing And can mean that praise is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For that which he has from the favorable characteristics Praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon But he says Alhamd is General, more general and more universal Alhamd 
is more general and more universal. A'am, right? So it's vaster. Then a shukr. So over here, he's saying that there is a difference between a shukr, giving thanks, and alhamd, praising. He says alhamd is more general and more universal than a shukr, giving thanks. Because he says, you cannot thank someone, for instance, for the knowledge they possess. But you can praise him for having knowledge. So you can't, someone, you see someone with and you say, I thank you for your hif. You can't do that. But you can say, MashaAllah alayk, good on you. You can praise him, right? This person is upon good character, inshaAllah. You can praise him for these things. However, you can't give him thanks for that. So he says, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, inshaAllah that's enough of that, bi-idnillah. I think that's more than enough. There is a difference between the two. There is some issue uh, about Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah stating that it is the same thing and then Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says that this is not the correct position but that is something as a side note insha'Allah but however we are going to be basing it on that a shukr giving thanks is different to alhamd praising now Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah he says who died in the year 671 Allah Alhamd in the Arabic language, complete praise. Complete praise. So when you say Alhamdulillah, complete praise is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what is the reason of the addition of the alif and lam in the word Alhamd? So over here, Alhamd comprises of alif and lam and then ha, meme, and dal, right? What does the alif lam over here signify? What does the alif and lam, what is the reason for this addition? Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah, he says, If it was said to us, what is the reason for the addition of the alif and lam in alhamd? And is it not in the meaning of hamdan lillahi rabbil alameen, the same meaning? What's the point of putting the alif and lam if it was removed? wouldn't hamdan lillahi rabbil alameen wouldn't have that carry the same meaning then he says then we say by the addition of the alif and lam a meaning that is not given by the one who says hamdan lillah is present so for the one who says hamdan lillah it's the same thing what's the point of adding this alif and lam he says when you say hamdan lillah there's a meaning that's not present when you say alhamdulillah alif and lam he says that is due to the addition of the alif and lam making its meaning that every praise and complete thanks are unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if they are not present, يعني the alif and lam, if they are not there, if it says hamdan lillah, then it only gives the meaning that praise and thanks of the individual is given and not that every praise is given to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So... <clears throat> He says, this is why the meaning for Alhamdulillah is not Ahmadullah, I praise Allah, but rather it is what we have mentioned earlier, that all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, due to his divine lordship, and for the blessings that he has bestowed upon his creation, that have no equivalent to it in this world and the next. Everyone understand the addition of alif and lam, what it يعني, signifies? If you don't have this alif and lam, if you just say hamdan lillah, which is incorrect, you can't say this in your prayer or anything like that. If someone were to say, يعني, it's the same root word, should be fine. If someone says that, it only signifies that you are praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your praises. You're not saying every praise, because when you say alhamd, you are taking every praise that exists, every praise that is pure. And you're giving it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're as if you're collecting everything that exists from the praise. And you're giving it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two letters signify all of this subhanallah. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah. He says that the alif and lam is to encapsulate. To cover all of the praises in its essence. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of all of the praise completely. 
For he has the perfect names and lofty complete attributes. SubhanAllah. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he then states, he states in a later part, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised himself by complete praise. And he has begun his book by his praise. And he has not permitted anyone to be praised other than himself. In his word and on the tongue of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he then says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, فَلَا تُزَكُّوا أَنفُسَكُمْ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنِ اتَّقَى And do not praise yourselves. Do not praise yourselves. He is more knowing of who is truly pious. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He praised Himself by saying Alhamdulillah. And He has not permitted anyone else to praise themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that maybe people are negligent of. People are يعني, unaware of that you are not meant to praise yourself. I did this and I am this and I am on such and such and I am, right? So over here we have to understand that the one who can praise themselves is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Now, the meaning of Alhamdulillah as summarized by Imam Al Qurtubi rahimahullah is that preceded when someone says alhamdulillah what does it signify he says that it means that proceeded before anything else by me is praise to myself proceeded before anything else by me is all praise to myself before anything else from that which has been created Praises me And my praise of myself is eternal And without fault And the praises for the creation Is riddled with fault And he says That it has been said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Knew that the creation was not capable of completely praising Allah So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He praised himself By himself Eternally Subhanallah over here, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah is saying, Astaghfirullah, Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he says Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, he's saying that before anyone else or anything else, Afwan, from the creation praises me, I am praising myself. Subhanallah. Before anything else that is created praises me, I, Allah, praise myself. Subhanallah. And then <coughs> he says, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was fully aware that the creation was not able to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the right that he deserved. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took it on himself to praise himself. Subhanallah, Allahu Akbar. And he praised himself, and he praised himself eternally, subhanallah. As for the lamb in Alhamdu Lillahi, the lamb before Allah, right? Lillahi, what does it signify? Imam al baghawi Rahimahullah, he says this lamb is for Al Istihqaq. Al Istihqaq, which shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs and that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of complete praise and thanks. Al-istihqaq, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of this praise. So, alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks is to Allah because Allah deserves the praise. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who it belongs to, this complete praise. Now, is... Alhamdulillah, a praising of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of himself. Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised himself and glorified himself by that which he is deserving. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala glorified and praised himself by that which he is deserving. And then he taught his servants this praise. 
he taught his servants this phrase and made it obligatory upon them its recitation as a test to them. And he said to them, Say, قُلْ أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Say this verse, أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That all praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Now, the next word that comes is Allah. And, alhamdulillah, we have taken this in the basmalah, in Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So, يعني, we don't need to go over it in depth, but as a summary, we'll يعني, repeat what Ibn Abbas stated as narrated by Abu Quraib, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is attributed with Al Uluhiyya, complete lordship, and Al Ubudiyya, the one who is worshipped by all of his creation. This is the one who you call Allah. The one who is worshipped and the one who has complete lordship, al-uluhiyyah and al-ubudiyyah. Now something that is interesting, which is mentioned by Muhammad Amin al-Shanqiti, rahimahullah, uh, one of the later scholars, but he says about the issue of when and where is this praise? When and where is this praise? He says, rahimahullah, it has been mentioned in Surah Ar-Rum, that the place of this praise is in the heavens and the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, And to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all praise in the heavens and in the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this praise happens everywhere, in the heavens and upon the earth. <coughs> As for the when, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Qasas, verse 70, وَهُوَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ لَهُ الْحَمْدُ فِي الْأُولَى وَالْآخِرَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Allah, who Allah, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ There is no deity worthy of worship except Him. لَهُ الْحَمْدُ To Him belongs all praise. In the beginning and in the akhirah. So over here, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praised eternally in this world and the next. And he has been praised and is praised everywhere. In the heavens and in the earth. Subhanallah. Now, what does Rabb mean? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Rabb, what is the meaning of it? Imam At-Tabari rahimahullah, he says, as for Ar-Rabb in the Arabic language, in the language of the Arabs, then it has multiple meanings. Linguistically, it has multiple meanings, the word Rabb. Now, the master of a tribe, As-Sayyid Al-Muta'a, As-Sayyid, a master of a tribe, who is their leader and is obeyed, is called Rabban. He's called Rabb without the Alif and Lam. So a master of a tribe or a people. And that which is someone who is followed and obeyed, he is called Rabb. And an individual who fixes things, again this is a statement of Imam Tabari rahimahullah, as an individual and also an individual who fixes things, Al-Muslihu al-Shay' is also called Rabban. Someone who fixes things, is also called Rabban. Imam al-Baghawi, on just this point, he adds to the word, to the one who fixes things, he says, the one who fixes things and gives tarbiyah. The one who fixes things and gives tarbiyah, he nurtures something, he is also called Rabban. Imam al-Tabari, rahimahullah, continues, and he says, and an individual who owns a possession of something is the Rabb of that thing. So, for instance, I own this phone, so I can say Rabbul Jawwal, right? I am the owner and the one who owns this phone. Okay, so the one who possesses something and is in ownership of something is also called Rabb. And then he says, as for Ar-Rabb with the Alif and Lam, he says, then its meaning does vary, however it comes back to one of these three, three things in some way. He says, so our Lord 
glorified is he is a sayyid the master that has no rival nor equal in his dominion as the complete master and he is the rectifier of affairs of his creation through which he bestows upon them with his favor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectifies the affairs of that which is created by the blessings that he has bestowed upon them and he is the king and to him is all creation and all power so over here the meanings linguistically it affects the meaning over here when you add the alif and lam but is only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he to him belongs all dominion so he over here is al-malik the one who is the king of all kings and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fixes the affairs and <coughs> nurtures his creation which means that over here he is also the rabb the alif and alif and lam rabb of all of the creation and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also is the master as-sayyid the complete master who is to be followed so over here again all of these reasons combine to the linguistic meaning of rabb which is applied to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is today okay everyone a bit seeming a bit tired sure everyone okay everything okay we continue slow down slow down a bit okay slow down everyone agree no <laughs> you've been voted down wrong guy i'm sorry <clears throat> everyone okay continue bismillah i don't know how long we got left but i don't even want to give you false hope at this point you know what i mean <laughs> okay so there is a statement of Ibn Abbas an, which gives a similar understanding which is what Imam Tabari rahimahullah based his tafsir upon. So he says, so there is a statement of Ibn Abbas anhuma, which was the foundational premise of why Imam Tabari rahimahullah came to this conclusion of what Ar-Rabb is. So he says, Ibn Abbas anhuma, he says, that Jibreel alayhi salam said to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Muhammad, say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he says, He, Jibreel alayhi salam, said, Say, all praise and thanks is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to whom belongs all creation, all of the heavens and that which it contains, and all of the earths and all that it contains and that which is between the two that which is known and that which is unknown he Jibreel alayhi salam said O Muhammad you know that this is your Lord who has no rival this is your Lord who has no rival Imam al-Qurtabi he mentions about Ar-Rabb he says Ar-Rabb is the one who is worshipped Ar-Rabb is the one who is worshipped. Now, should we go over that or did you guys, did that just... Anjad, tell me brothers, I'm here يعني, to go over it one more time? Okay. <coughs> We're going to go through Alhamdulillah. <laughs> okay, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. Wait, what's the dalil for what Ibn, uh, of what Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah, what did he say? Right, what's the dalil for it? It's a statement of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, who said that Jibreel alayhi salam, he said to an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Muhammad, say, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? To whom belongs, to whom belongs all of creation, all of the heavens and that which it contains, so everything in the heavens, and everything in the heavens, everything that's there, all of it. And all of the earth, and that which it contains, the levels of the earths. And everything in between, anything that's not heaven, and not earth, anything that's in between the two, all of that as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He owns all of this, He is the king of all of this, that is His dominion. Now, <coughs> He says, that which is known and that which is unknown. Subhanallah. Because there are certain things, certain things that we just don't know as human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us limited knowledge. For instance, the jinn. 
We just don't know the number of jinn, مثلاً. right? And all of this is part of it. Everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created everything. That which is known to us and that which is unknown to us. He is the master of it all. Okay. <clears throat> and then he, Jibreel alayhi salam, says, O Muhammad, this is your Lord. Know that this is your Lord. This is your Rabb. This is who you worship. And he has no rival. There's no mathil to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one who can say that I, to me, is the dominion of all things. No one can say this. So it's something specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, يعني, this shows us where Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah got this understanding of what a rabb is. The one who is the master of everything, the one who nurtures everything, and the one who is the king and complete master. Okay? Now, can someone be called a rabb? Can someone be called a rabb? I'm saying over here there are three linguistics. Yani we know over here that linguistically it can have three meanings. So the one who is the master of a tribe or a people whose command is obeyed. First thing. Right? Or the one who fixes and nurtures something. Right? That's the second. And the third is the one who owns and possesses something. So over here, I own this phone. Right? 12 Pro Max. I own it. MashaAllah. <laughs> it just cracks on me. <laughs> now over here, I own this phone. Can I be called Arab? Because linguistically, linguistically, oh, there's a sticker on it. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> just smile and wave. But anyways, um, <laughs> linguistically, can I be called Arab over here? Because linguistically, I'm coming with the meaning of owner of the phone. Or if I nurtured a penguin, all right, and then I, I give, if I, if I nurtured it, right, could I be called Arab? Or if, for instance, hypothetically speaking, we got stuck on an island, right, and we made a little clan, and you guys chose, hypothetically speaking, I'm not trying to impose my dominance over you or anything like that, and he chose me all to be your leader, right, in this deserted island, right? So over here, can I be called Arab? Can someone, يعني, so do we want to do hands or no? Nah, it's too much pressure. Yes or no? Yes? Who says yes? Yes? Okay. All right. <coughs> now, if someone has one of these three or all of these three, Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah says, <coughs> the statement to one of the creation to show his ownership, etc. يعني, the different varying types of يعني, ways that you can call Rabb linguistically for someone, by being described as Ar-Rabb should not be said. Should not be said. Should not be said. Okay. But rather, it should be said, Rabb of such and such. Rabb, yani Rabbul Jawwal. The master or the owner of the phone. Or Rabbul Bayt. The master of the house. Rabbul Sayyara. Whatever it is, right? You should apply it to that which is, yani you're taking ownership of, or yani the other linguistical meanings. But, <coughs> linguistic meanings. But can someone say Arab because I own a phone? No, you cannot say that as mentioned to as mentioned by Imam Al Baghawi, rahimahullah. He says, why? Because the alif and lam in Arab gives the meaning of complete ownership. Complete ownership that everything is owned by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and he says that none of the creation, none that exists other than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, has this complete creation. He has complete ownership of the creation. No one can say this. That he has complete ownership of all that exists. Now as for the word Al-Alameen, Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah, he mentions that this is a word, this is a word which is the plural form of Al-Alam. And he says, Alam is a word that is used for all creation and species. He says that alam is a word that is used for all creation and species. So the humankind, he says, is an alam. And the jinn kind is an alam. As is every species of creation. And this is why it was combined and stated that every alam, al-alameen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to him belongs. 
right? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs al-alameen, every creation, every species of creation, every type of creation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the complete owner of it. He's the Lord of it. Subhanallah. Yani al-alam is something that is broad. Okay? Now over here there are, yani there are varying aqwal of the ulama and the salaf about al-alameen. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he says, Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, all praise and thanks are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to whom belongs all creation. So what is he saying? All creation is al-alameen. All that is created is al-alameen. He says, all of, we took this athar before, right? All of the heavens and that which it contains and all of the earth and that which it contains and that which is between the heavens and the earth, that which is known and that which is unknown. All of it is part of al-alameen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the master of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the lord of it. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he also says, Rabbil alameen, the lord of the humankind and the lord of the jinn kind. And Sa'id ibn al-Jubayr rahimahullah, Mujahid rahimahullah, and Ibn Jurayj rahimahullah said that also Rabbil alameen is what? <coughs> Human and jinn kind. Qatad rahimahullah, he stated, Rabbil alameen is Every species is an alam. So combine it together is everything. So every species, every sinf is alam. So when you combine everything, it means everything. Everything that was created. Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah, he says that Qatada, Mujahid, Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah, rahimahumullah, have stated that it is every creation. That it is not specific to just human and jinn kind. No, everything is included. Everyone following the differences? Okay. Imam Nakathir rahimahullah, he says that Az-Zajjaj rahimahullah says that Al-Alam is what? That which is created in this world and the next. Something that gives further yani, bayan. I like this one, right? That which is created in this World and the next Because the hellfire is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The paradise is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Everything in this world and the next world Because when you think of humankind and jinnkind You're just thinking about the dunya, right? Ibn Kathir rahimahullah He mentions that Az-Zajjaj rahimahullah He says the alam, what is it? Is all that is created In this world and the next يعني مثلاً, The mizan right? The scales on the day of judgment is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that comes in the hereafter. It's not specific to this dunya. It's going to be then the last. Right? For instance, that ropes that are, yani, are going to drag Jahannam, for instance. It's something that is created. But it's in the akhirah, it's not in the dunya. So even this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's encapsulated in this verse. Subhanallah, when you think about it, Rabbil Alamin, you're saying it every time, right? It's adding this meaning, everything that is created, this world and the next, is under this verse, subhanallah. Okay. Imam al-Shawkani, who died in the year... We haven't taken him yet, so that's... <laughs> that was a trick question to see if someone doesn't know it all. Imam al-Shawkani, rahimahullah, he says... Anything? No? Okay. Imam al-Shawkani, rahimahullah, who died in the year 12... 50. 1, 2, 5, 0. Oh. So it means when did he die? I like it. It means he died under 200 years ago. Okay? Rahimahullah. He says in his tafsir, Al Alameen is all that exists other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything that exists other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says <coughs> that this is the statement of Qatada, rahimahullah. Now, Muhammad al-Amin al-Shinqiti, rahimahullah, he passed away when? Yeah, that's going to be homework, okay? Muhammad al-Amin al-Shinqiti, I want you to find out when he passed away. Was he an early scholar or a later scholar? And the time of his death? 
that's going to be homework. He says that Alameen was not mentioned here, what is it in this verse? He says, but it was mentioned in another place in the Quran. SubhanAllah. He says, Qala Fir'aun wa ma Rabbul Alameen. Fir'aun asked, and what is Rabbul Alameen? You saying Rabb, you worship Rabbul Alameen. Who is Rabbul Alameen? And the reply was, Qala Rabbul Samawati wal Ard. Wama Bainahuma. The reply was, He is the Lord of the heavens and the earth. And everything that is in between. So this is an answer from the Quran of what Rabbul Alameen is. The definition of the Quran is the Lord of the heavens and the earth and all that is in between. Subhanallah. Love that verse. Now, <clears throat> how long before Isha? Anjad? Okay, now quickly. <laughs> that was bad. Now, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Some of the narrations regarding Alhamdulillah. Some of... Khalas, 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 khalas. Some of the narrations, you talk to me, Allah, <laughs> he calls him a liar straight at the bat. <laughs> Some of the narrations regarding Alhamdulillah. Okay? The first narration that we're going to take was mentioned by Imam Al Qurtubi, Rahimahullah, that Ja'far as Sadiq, Rahimahullah. Who was Ja'far as Sadiq? Mm. Ah, closer. Ja'far al-Sadiq was the son of Muhammad al-Baqir, rahimahullah, who was the son of Ali Zainul Abidin, rahimahullah, who was the son of Al-Husayn bin Abi Talib, radiyallahu anhuma. So he was the great grandson of Al-Husayn, Al-Husayn, the great grandson. So Ja'far al-Sadiq. Rahimahullah, the son of Muhammad al-Baqir, Rahimahullah, the son of Ali, Zainul Abidin, Rahimahullah, who was the son of Al-Husayn bin Abi Talib, radiyallahu anhuma. He's from Ahlul Bayt and from the scholars of Islam. Now, <clears throat> the grandson, the great-grandson of Al-Husayn, who was one of the two yani, chiefs of the Shabab of Jannah, Al-Husayn, radiyallahu anhu, right? Sayyida Shabab Ahl Jannah. The two chiefs, him and his brother, are the two leaders of Jannah for the youngsters, for the young, for the youth. Right? MashaAllah. These are يعني, from the lineage of the Prophet. So the great grandson of Al Hussein, an, he says, Imam Al Qurtubi rahimahullah, says that it is said that Ja'far al Sadiq, rahimahullah, Yarhamakullah, I think, Yarhamakullah, Ja'far al Sadiq, Rahimahullah said regarding Alhamdulillah This is cool, yeah? Okay, so I want you to all focus on this one Whoever praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his characteristics Whoever praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his characteristics Just as he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself Then has truly praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says this is because Alhamd Comprises of three letters Ha, Meem, and Dal Okay, Ha, Hamd It's three letters Ha, Meem, and Dal He says, as for the Ha Then It comes from the Wahdaniyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala True oneness It comes from Al-Wahdaniyyah True oneness So not over here Don't write Allah, right? The ha comes from wahdaniya, true oneness. And the meme is from al-mulk, kingdom, the kingdom. And he says the dal is from ad-daymumiyya, right? He says that which is eternal, that which is eternal. So Ja'far al-Sadiq, rahimahullah, he says, so whoever knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his true oneness, and his eternal nature and his kingdom, then he has known Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the truth of Alhamdulillah. This is the truth of Alhamdulillah. The essence of Alhamdulillah, he's saying, is that in it is a show of the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
it shows the eternal nature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it shows that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all kingdom. So he's saying that whoever knows this, then knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says, this is the truth of alhamdulillah. This is the truth of alhamdulillah. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he says, then Umar radiallahu an, he said, we know subhanallah, we know glory be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know la ilaha illallah. That there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. We know this. And another narration, we know Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. Right? We know all of this. But what about Alhamdulillah? What does this mean? يعني? We know the meanings of the rest. But what about Alhamdulillah? Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. He says that it is a statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased to be for himself. Alhamdulillah It was a statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Was pleased to be for himself He chose this And he was pleased with it In another narration And we're going to end with this inshallah He says It is a statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Loved to be for himself And was pleased for it to be for himself So the first is That he loved that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved for it to be for himself. And the second was that was pleased for it to be for himself. And he loves for it to be said. He loves that one says, Alhamdulillah. And with this, my brothers and sisters, we conclude just one verse. Just one verse. And Allah, I didn't even take all of that which was mentioned today. Yani just one verse, this is like uh, a droplet. How long was that? Probably like what, 30 minutes approximately? About one verse of the Qur'an And this is the first verse, subhanAllah We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his acceptance Barakallahu feekum Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Wa jazakumullahu khayran Wa salamu alaykum Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio 